one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. My name is Gordon Smart. I'm Charlie Baker. And this is the H&J Daily, the podcast version of one of the finest afternoon radio shows in the land. Isn't that mm, right, Charlie? It is indeed. We're the custodians of that fine I show bet. this week. And on today's show, Thursday's show, we've had some great guests. Oh, lovely guests. Beautiful guests. Who do we have on, Gordon? Well, in the recently Saga Holiday sponsored older section of our show, we had Malcolm Hillier, the 86-year-old stock car racer, who's hung up his steering wheel. Did you hang up your steering wheel? I don't know if you take it out of a bag. Probably... You could see me reversing yeah, that cul-de-sac. see that. You really were. You really were. Who else but have we got? I can't remember who Gunter else Gunter Steiner. Gunter Steiner, of course, from Team Haas. Drive to Survive. He was excellent. He did a little go at his voice there. That was very nice. A little go. And John Ketley, the Burnley fan, and of course, the weatherman, who gave us a beautiful long-range forecast and then told us about Burnley's hopes of staying up. He just slipped into weatherman mode, didn't he? It, it was so easy for him. Do you think he does that when he's sort of making like food around was, the kitchen with his wife? Exactly. It was like he was doing the sort of Ella Fitzgerald-style scat. <laughs> just that's what it sounds he like. He found the rhythm, didn't he? He found a he bit found of beat to it and it'd be there. He's making a new album. It's H&J Daily, the podcast with me, Gordon Smart, and Charlie Baker, in for the main men. It's the unmistakable music of H&J, but this week with your understudies, me, Gordon Smart, and Charlie Baker. Good afternoon. Should say thank you to Forbes and Fisher, news and sport there, which yeah. sounds like a really good folk double act, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, Forbes and Fisher, fingers in their ears, singing about and the, the time and the place <laughs> and the where we went. Well, we could be the understudies, couldn't we? Be lovely, That's it? our band the name, like the commitments. Yeah. The understudies. Lovely, isn't it? Smashing, yeah. what a lovely idea. Supply teacher Baker and Smart yes. in for Hawksby and Jacobs all this week. We've got two more shows to go. If you're wondering how long it is before the boys come back, don't worry, they will be back here. I'm doing week. Monday because it's bank holiday oh, Monday. Sorry, Gordon, to ah. break that to you. If you were going to tune in for Hawksby and Jacobs on Monday, it's a bank holiday Monday. It'll be me and Mark Smith. Charlie, you mentioned... I'm assuming you weren't available. I wasn't available, no, Charlie. Thank goodness for that, otherwise too that bit would have been embarrassing. Too expensive exactly. for bank holidays. They, they can't afford you on a bank holiday double time. Charlie, did you tell me it's going to be minus four? Someone said it's going to be minus four. We're going to speak to John Ketley later yes. on. Yes. As we know, he's a weatherman. He'll be able to tell us why it's so cold. Yes. But also, imagine if you're going camping this weekend. First weekend of May, May Day, people will be like... Have you ever been camping in the cold? Charlie, you're annoying everybody in the north, right? Because I oh, come from up there. Okay, and every time yeah, a sure. DJ in London says... Not for the first time. It's going to be chilly. It's going to be chilly. It's chilly up here all the time. Yes. On about. Um, got, I once got cold at called in uh, the Edinburgh Festival. Uh, I'd, I just got heckled with, I didn't come out to be entertained by a Devonshire teapot. Oh, that's a great... What's the Which best heckle? your accent would be, be uh, lovely, wouldn't it? I remember Smashing. Kevin Bridges told a story about the best heckle he ever heard. I can't remember oh, yeah. what it was. And somebody just shouted, Ah, oh, give it up, you porridge goblin. <laughs> Porridge goblin. Porridge goblin. It's nice when people, you know, have a think about it, you know, but when it's just like upsetting the show, no one likes a heckler. No one likes a heckler. I don't know, I like a heckler. I I love it when it's... I remember the Jimmy Carmel was good, wasn't it, when he was at the Edinburgh Festival. Oh, yeah. Somebody was sitting... I think he said it was two brothers that kind of looked like the Mitchell brothers, and through his routine, one of them just looked at the other one and said... Do you remember when there used to be a pool table in here? Oh, yeah, that's a lovely that one. A painful yeah, one, isn't beautiful, it? Beautiful, yeah, yeah. What's the other but one? Give not, me a minute, give me a minute. And somebody just starts going 59, 58, <laughs> 57. Yeah. Painful. It's never fun, though. No one ever likes it. No. So, you know, imagine you're trying to do your job now, trying to get into the news, oh. and you just got someone going, R- heard it! <laughs> You've done that all week Rubbish. to me, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie, exactly. I did two incredibly brave things today. Okay, go on. I wore a pink jacket to work to okay. Talk Sport Towers. Lovely, and you look lovely in it, I will say that. The younger team, the youth team, the uh, YTS boys in here all looked at it and thought, mm, that's all right. Some of that. Older lads, disgusted. 
Yep. Were they? Disgusted, aren't you? Well, they just look, don't approve. It's the way talk sport's going. Simon Jordan would sack me for that. Simon Jordan wears clothes that make him look like a sort of Victorian villain at times. <laughs> like he's in a, a production of Oliver. And Jim White always dresses like he's the milk tree man, doesn't he? he? Exactly. Always, so, always very so smart. Dapper, yeah, so very, dapper. very smart. So the second brief thing I did was come to work with a new haircut. You did? Yep. Now you told me that your school, there was a tradition when somebody had a new if haircut. If someone had a new haircut, yeah, you, they'd, there'd sort of be a line-up. Yep. You know, like a sort of line of honour, mm-hmm. a guard of honour as you as you I know, come out of a church after a wedding or yeah. whatever the guard of what clapping someone in because they've won the Premier League, you Off know the that sort of thing. Rugby, all that. But yeah, yeah you 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 wouldn't want the guard of honour because you'd come in with your haircut and you'd just get poked in the head. Yeah, just from from either side, just poked in the head. Where did you go that was just for teachers. <laughs> yeah. There we are. Lovely. What a lovely joke. But then one of the boys was saying, one of the producers was saying earlier on that he used to get slapped. And if you had a fade, you can yeah. think all oh, it slap fade. He slap it. on the back. That still happens yeah. now. Yeah, Doesn't slapped it? on the back of the edge. Yeah, yeah. But your haircut's lovely. Thanks, Charlie. They've, I've asked, they've not done a bad job at all. I went in and said, "Can I have a Charlie Baker?" Oh, no, not at the moment. Just gets out of hand. My hair. I know. Well, I'm, I'm it's all I've got. It's quite a brave haircut. I've gone for it and I've yeah. stuck to it. But it reminded me that I always talk about this because it's a great bit of advice. My granddad said to me once: "There's only three days between a good haircut and a bad haircut, son." Lovely. What a lovely bit of granddad it's advice good, that is. I clearly did. Had... He give you a Werther's original? Mm, no, he didn't. No, 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 no. no, 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 no that's no, no. that's just advertising. A bit of tablet. <laughs> bit of tablet. <laughs> bit of tablet. Yeah, bit of tablet. Bit of tablet. Scotch pie. Uh, I think you say and a scotch. <laughs> eight years old. Drink that, son. That'll yeah. sort your haircut out. Yeah. But um, yeah, I thought it was good advice. So we were thinking about maybe as a texter today. Yeah. Worldly wise, bits of advice when something's gone horribly wrong. Oh, you've had. You know, you've had a haircut. Yep. You've turned up to play on a Sunday morning. What, what reaction yeah, did you bad get? Bad haircuts. Bad yeah. haircuts. We'll take those. What's the worst long. haircut you've had in your haircut history? Oh, I've had a couple of flock mullet, of seagulls. A couple of mullets in there. There. Yeah. In yeah, my brother had a brilliant mullet. An yeah. absolutely. But he's four years older than me, and he had an absolutely brilliant sort of. Do you remember Scott and Mike from Neighbours? Yeah. He had he had a, a brilliant Scott <laughs> yeah. and Mike from Neighbours mullet. Looked yep. like Chris Waddle style. Every time you prepared it, there was a hole in the ozone from yeah. the hairspray that was Chris Waddle, yeah. Mark Hatley, all those yeah. mullets were in his. And then I had a version of that, but my mum did it. Yeah. And it did not look good. <laughs> I mean, not. they don't look good anyway, but no. my hair curls at the back, so it was always like a sort of big curly back on it. So it never looked it never looked great. What if nobody's seen you before? What description you've given on uh, that? Big curly back. Curly you know, back big curly Char- back. Charlie Baker's curly back. Yeah. I just remembered a great nickname I heard from a pal of mine, a Geordie. I think this is safe to say on the radio, but let's find you out. know lads who have those sort of slightly um I'm gonna say they're paying tribute to Paul Weller. Do you know where I'm going with this? Tri- oh yeah the mod so, yeah yeah so yeah, the yeah, nickname yeah, yeah. in the northeast is you're, you're called a well end. Which I think we can all. I think we can say that. Looking at the yeah. producer, he's nervous, nodding. He's nodding. We'll move on from that. Well, you know, if, if if a lot of the time it stops people looking like an old nan, doesn't it? Yeah. You have yes. the if you have the wrong haircut yeah. as an older person, you can look like an old nan or a dinner lady. But so we're asking bad haircuts then, aren't we? Bad haircuts and the the reactions to the bad haircuts, preferably sports based, if you can. Bad hair. I tell you, I've got a bad hair story for you as well, Charlie. I once had. In fact, it was the day before my wedding. Oh, yeah. And my best man treated me to a wet shave in Edinburgh. And I got a 16 year old apprentice from mm. Portobello, a girl who I don't think I'd ever seen a razor blade in her life. <laughs> and she hacked me to ribbons. Oh, dear. So, in all my wedding pictures, I've got a very. Really it's not when you don't want the apprentice when when, no. it, when it's that do you know? No. Do, you mind, do you mind if um, yeah, good day to learn? Yeah, of course, crack on. <laughs> Too polite, you know. No, actually, I'd rather somebody who knows what they're doing, please. Yeah. Um, so the other thing I was going to ask you about, Charlie, at the start of the show today is on the back of the paper today, Ralph Ragnick talking about how you decide who the captain is. So oh, the yeah. captaincy Ragnick, conundrum yeah. we're going to call this, right? How do you decide who's the skipper? Is it the hardest player in the dressing room? Yeah. Best looking player in the dressing room. Manager's son. We don't want the obvious one, being good at football, manager's son. Manager's son is often the way, isn't it? Is I once got made rugby captain at school because our the uh, he, our actual captain, he actually, I think he nearly broke his neck playing rugby, so he oh. couldn't play anymore. Um, and then I got made captain, and now I can talk a good game of anything. Right. And I'm keen and I'm enthusiastic, <laughs> yeah. but I do not know yeah. the rules of rugby. I <laughs> not the not know the rules of rugby then. And yep. I was an appall- absolutely awful captain. So How long did your tenure last? I, I, I basically got made captain for enthusiasm. Wow. So it's not good. department, Charlie. So, yeah, so how did you choose your captain? 8, 10, 89. Let us know that. That'd be lovely, wouldn't it? And dreadful hair stories. Exactly, dreadful hair. And, and we're playing football tonight, and we've been told to bring a, a light shirt and a dark shirt. <laughs> and I've turned up with a black and, black and white striped shirt. Which one is it? 
It's Gordon. Like, it's like that game, isn't it, online? Is that a green shirt or exactly. is that a red shirt? You know that one? Uh, is that wrong, to bring a black and white shirt if you've been told to bring a dark, dark one and a light one? Earlier this week, we did the Ten Commandments of Five. So you've broken one of them there, haven't you? You think? You've broken one. Okay. Just follow the rules and the guidance from the manager. Turn up in time, pay your money, and then go to the pub and have a nice cold pint of tennis lacquer. Oh, that sounds like... So, look, we'll have, your, we'll have your haircut stories, preferably sports-based if you got them, and how, the reactions you get to haircuts, and also how did you choose your captain for your team. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. I got a haircut today. Two brave moves. Wore a pink jacket. That's been uh, questionable. It's been questioned no, in the talks. It's beautiful. It's like a powder pink, baby pink. Baby pink. And then the haircut as well. So we're talking bad beautiful. haircuts. When have you had bad haircuts? We've had plenty of messages in, haven't we, Charlie? We have Danny Kinnock from Lanark Show and a old lot. Uh, when I was 13... <laughs> <laughs> when I was 13, I tried doing DIY zigzag hair designs. Trying to look like the guy in Two Unlimited of No yes. un- No Limits. Is yes, that no, no Limits. No, 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 In my hair, using a disposable razor. This is a mistake. Disposable razor. The disaster left me with a couple of golf ball-sized circles over my head. I went to the barbers who tied it up by cutting it all off and told them my brother did it as a as a prank when I was asleep. You did it yourself, yeah, Daddy. Yeah, you, you did it nice himself. A little bit now of, uh, yep. you know... Yeah, he's done it himself. He's done it himself. himself. Gareth on Twitter says, I'm from Portobello in Edinburgh. I got ripped to shreds for sporting the David Beckham style Alice band for my long hair. Okay. Yep, thought it looked okay at the time, but I'm embarrassed now. And so you should be, Gareth. Why? Because you can't. Got to keep your hair out of your eyes. Better than it being in your eyes. Charlie, in lockdown, I grew my hair quite long, right? And uh, I was was beginning to enjoy it and embrace it. And Mm -hmm. then I put a picture up with the kids one day and somebody replied and said, there's Noel Edmonds with two competition winners in 1986. Oh, dear. Got to get rid of this haircut straight Shop haircut. Yeah. I went in for a David Beckham-style haircut, short on the sides and long on the top, on the back. What? Long on top and on the back. With the barber replied, oh, a Mohican. (laughs) The shock of my face, I said, no, definitely not a Mohican. He did a Mohican. Yeah. That's Ben the Arsenal fan. One of those situations in life, Charlie, where you have to be incredibly precise with your... Instructions. Yeah, the 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 brave haircut to get football haircut to get is the Ronaldo, the original Ronaldo. Yes, haircut where it's sort of like sort of like someone's put a half a rich tea biscuit on the front of his head and and shaved round it. A Brillo pad it, along those yeah, lines. Along it, those lines. That could you could have done that, Gordon. That would have been nice for you, wouldn't oh, it? Maybe so, we walk, could always go back. Can why I? not go back later on? Greg Caddick on Twitter says, "I can always remember being taunted with." Who cut your hair? The council oh, yeah, on Sunday mornings. Classic, of football classic dad move, isn't it? It's good, that isn't it? It's Cla- good. Classic dad move. Lovely stuff. What about um, captaincy? That was the other thing we were discussing, wasn't it? Oh how, yeah. How do you decide who's captain in yeah. your team? That's the question. Because Ralph Radnick today said that they maybe should have a vote in the Old Trafford dressing room. I wonder how that goes in a big team. Yeah. In a, in a big, you know, full of famous 
big players. What if they'd voted Pogba captain and then he serves up the dross he's been playing all season and he's still captain, doesn't want to play for the team. I'm leaving at the end, but he's still captain. Charlie, surely, right, if you asked 25 players to write down a player's name on a bit of paper and put it in a box, as he's reading them out, they're just going to be pictures of anything other than names. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're not going to get a sensible answer about anybody there, are you, Tom? Uh, the modern way, John the Histon fan says, and this is absolutely true, the modern way to choose a team captain is whoever is the admin on the WhatsApp group. Yeah, who, yeah. Can, who can be bothered doing the admin? Who can be bothered exactly. getting people, getting the kit cleaned or booking the pitch or telling everyone where it is? I think it should be based on who has the best fabric softener, Charlie. Oh, is it? Isn't oh, it great right. when somebody cleans the strips and they come back and you're like, ooh. Well, this is nice, isn't it? It's a bold two nice? for one. I need it to be non-bio though, <laughs> Do you? Uh, Gordon. Otherwise, my skin will. Is that because you're gluten intolerant? Up. Is it because you're gluten intolerant? Hey, hey, it's all mixed. It's all mixed. It's, it's all oh, mixed dear. together. If you want to get into my skin, we can, Gordon, but maybe not on an international uh, radio show. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. It's about the only song I can play on the guitar. That. Oh, is it? Well, does that top? That's it. So, and then you've got the whole song, haven't you? Ding. Buffalo Springfield, isn't Bring it? Bring it in tomorrow. And we'll see. We'll There's check that out. No chance that's no chance. happening, he guys. Went, he no went, chance. <laughs> he went home and got it. Uh, the haircut thing. We did. We were saying bad haircut stories, weren't we? Yes. Gordon, the haircut thing was called. This is KJ in London. Uh, neck back, neck back, forehead. Neck, back, forehead. And those were the places exposed for a slap to greet the new trim. I went to school in the 80s. Yeah, so did I, you see. So if you went to school in the 80s, any haircut. Because haircuts, it was yeah. a, you know, it was a flat top yeah. or a mullet or, yeah. a sh- or a grade one all over, basically, wasn't it? So if you had your haircut, haircut. Charlie, did you ever get sent back to the hairdresser by your mum because you had an appropriate haircut? No, I was allowed. My mum was a hairdresser, so I was allowed to, to oh, really? have anything I wanted. That liked. explains yeah, yeah, everything, yeah. doesn't <laughs> it? The flamboyance. <laughs> <laughs> um, I once went, in, I think it was 96, wasn't it? And I got my hair peroxide blonde. Oh, I'm not a Rangers yeah. fan, I'm not a Gaza fan. I just oh, thought, no. I'll do that. Yeah. Got home, the fury my mum. She'd get back and get that. The worst thing is, they dyed it back and then it looked kind of purple. Yeah, that's no good. That's the Scottish word that everyone's no laughing long, at me saying, isn't it? Long as it Purple. Long as it burger. Go on. <laughs> I'll do them all for you. Good old world. Murder. Long as it didn't go maroon. I know. So you'd well, have been in trouble then, wouldn't you? I would have been in massive trouble there. Massive like trouble. I wore a maroon jacket. Um, yeah. This was actually some uh, Chris Herbman in Glasgow has been on, thinking I was going to get cool blonde highlights on my hair, equaled looking like I had uh, random bird droppings all over my head, realising and having to get my hair dyed again to cover it, and having essentially ginger-looking hair for two months. Fun times. That's class. That's Chris. There we are. Let's Terrible give haircut. us your bad haircut stories, preferably sports based, if you can. Um, Gordon's had his haircut this morning. We're also asking, how did you choose your captain? Weren't we? Um, uh, v from Derbyshire. We always pick the captain by the senior players having an arm wrestle for our five aside and our LMS cricket. There we are. <laughs> Everybody travelling. All these old blokes having. Arm wrestle. <laughs> Everyone travelling in a van this afternoon off to work will be going. This isn't true, right? But Neil on Twitter says, my mate Carl Birdseye. Yeah, was made captain by a standing school rugby coach just because of his surname. We still call him captain to this day. I'm not, are you having it? I'm having it. Are you I'm having a, it? People don't lie to us. They don't lie to us. Neil Carl Birdseye. I'm looking at the gallery of our. Nobody's Cap- believing Captain it. Birdseye. Captain Birdseye. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Nice having a little bit of blonde in the background there, oh, so, isn't it? Nice. What is that? Sort of Christmas bells, isn't it? Tubular yeah. bells. Tubular bells. Mike Coldfield. I don't think it's. Was it him? Can somebody ring Mike? We've got a Tubular Bells solo. Just the first first gig I ever went to. Was it? Tubular Bells to Tubular Bells Live. Edinburgh Castle, 1993 or 94, I think it was. On your own or with, with your parents? No, I was, I was clearly taken by my dad, who's a hippie, wasn't I? Yeah, to see yeah. That. Do you know what, Michael? There's a mad Mike Oldfield story for you, right? He used to have a house in Ibiza, and the carpets had the Tubular Bells Crescent sort of logo really? woven into the carpet. Branded. The reason I know that is because he sold the house to Noel Gallagher. Did he? He did. He sold that house to him. And there's a great story about that, because he bought the house... And after about a month, he phoned the estate agent and said, look, this house is lovely, really happy with it, but I'm quite annoyed about this paparazzi, this boat that's just been outside for the last four weeks. And he said, oh, no, that's the the yacht that comes with the house, Mr. Gallagher. (laughs) So you've got a boat with the house. Oh, how lovely. It doesn't happen when you're buying your bed set, does it, Charlie? Well, 
You know, I didn't get a free boat did in you my not? house. Did you, what did you get? Um, I've got a garage. I'm pleased we've got... Dry rot. Recently, we recently <laughs> moved and we've got a garage with a house. And wow, we, you? you can store a lot of junk in there. And do some you? gigs with Des McLean as exactly. well. Exactly. Who knows? Yeah, do exactly. Some gigs at home. Uh, just a little bit of bad news for people today is that there will be no birthday spread this afternoon. I don't know. It doesn't mm. mean much to you, Gordon, but people do wait around for the birthday spread. It is Thursday. There will be no, no Paul, no Andy, no birthday spread. Charlie, Next week. We're trying to keep listeners here. I know that. I I'm just familiar People are asking. People are asking. Oh, Got to be honest with them. Do you hear that noise there, Charlie? There's the noise of a million do, radios do, switching do, off. Do, right? do. Yeah, the national like, grid's just like had a lift. take me out. <laughs> <laughs> I asked my uncle to shave MUFC onto the back of my head when I was young and daft. He managed to get... I was going to do a joke then, but then I bailed out of it because I could see the producer uh, panicking. <laughs> he managed to get MU on before running out of room, cue hundreds of people over the next day until it was fully shaved back, making cow noises behind my back. There we are. Could have been a lot worse. Yep. There are a lot of other teams that you could support and you could have some of the letters of those names on the back of your head. We get where and you're going, That's Charlie where I'm point. going and that's why I bailed out. Let's talk about banger racing. Should we reverse out of that cul-de-sac as quickly as possible, Charlie? Yeah, you want to talk about banger racing? Do you want to do that? Oh, I love I love banger. We are talking about banger racing now, yeah. Because we had a special day yesterday, didn't we? We had an umpire who had had 71 years as an umpire. He was 86 years old. He was a great guest, wasn't he, Yeah, Keith? fantastic. Yeah, Keith Dibb. And we're going to follow on with a similar sort of thing right now because right. today we've got another spectacularly interesting older gentleman who has seen an awful lot of interesting sport in action in his career. Uh-huh. And yesterday, I think, it was a lovely response, wasn't it? Yeah, it Having was those worldly wise opinions and stories to tell. Yeah. But today we're going to the world of banger racing. Oh, as you said, I, lo- I love it. I love it. As a kid in Newton Abbott, growing up in Newton Abbott, every single Wednesday night yep. was stock car bangers, hot rods, around the oval, absolutely brilliant. And uh, we had Bill Batten, world, top, world champion, gold yep. top driver, every single week. I, I will never forget going to the banger racing in my life. So this is exciting. So this is special. So the chequered flag for 86-year-old Malcolm Hillier. A winning finish at 86. Stock car racer Malcolm Hillier went out with a bang, winning his final race at the age of 86 years old. The great granddad suffers from arthritis and has had three new hips and a new shoulder but he's still roared to victory Fantastic. in West Sussex quite recently. So, shall we get the great man on? Yes, please. Ladies and gentlemen on H&J this afternoon joining us the great, one of the sporting greats is Mr Malcolm Hillier. How are you Malcolm? Hey Malcolm. Good afternoon gentlemen. Uh, good afternoon Malcolm uh, first of all we've just got to say congratulations on a remarkable yeah, career fantastic and, and I'm going to ask the same question we would ask to Tyson Fury if we had him surely is there one more in you there could be a lot more but the uh, Amarine racetrack is closing shortly right um, and uh, I just like it there everybody's yeah. friendly um, they're so friendly down there they're all my friends Oh, Malcolm, that's a really sad thing. What, is, why is it closing down? Any particular reason? Is it just a, a financial it's, thing? They're um, going to build houses all on it. Right, oh, right. Malcolm. So it's, a, it's in a prime bit of West Sussex, is it? Yeah, sure. Now, you're, you're a lorry... I'm sorry about that. You're a lorry driver, Malcolm, and you uh, you, you dr- raced in your last race in a, in a Hillman Hunter, which seems like a good banger racing car. A lot of Ford Granadas, I remember, when I used to yes. go. Yeah, that's right. I I did drive a a Ford um, console. I think it was. I, I borrowed off a of Mickey Thorpe. Oh yeah, who, he was a stock car driver, and uh, they used to race with us a few years ago down at Amarin. Mm-hmm. And uh, I used to drive a. I think it was a Ford console. Okay. Ford console. An absolute beast of a. And, and in banger racing, is the bigger the car, the more whale like a car. Is well, that, does that make well, it better? My one's like driving a big lorry with no power steering. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Malcolm, you know, you've picked up a few injuries, but doing that, it must, keep, it must have kept you very, very strong and in good shape over the years, eh? Well, apart from having um, three hips and yeah. a new shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm full of arthritis. Oh, dear. On Tuesday, I raced, it was Bank Holiday Monday that I raced. Okay, yeah. Jim. Jim organised it all, and um, on Tuesday I could hardly move. Oh, Malcolm, that's not so good. 
No, I, I remember moving is a good thing. I remember when when they used to win at uh, Newton Abbott stock car racing. They used to uh, when they'd win, they'd get out and they'd someone else would drive them round and they'd sit on the roof with their trophy and wave at the crowd. Did, w- w- did you do that? Did you do your on, lap of honour? On Monday, yes, Jim arranged it on the back of a, the transit. Uh, m- myself, Jim, and uh, Jim Morris, the, another chap. That okay, yeah. Right. Uh, Jim uh, Morris. Sorry. Good old Jim Morris. Yeah, good good on well done, Jim. Well done. Yeah. But uh, yes, that was, uh, if um, if the track wasn't going and they and Jim had let me and Helen, his daughter, if they let me, I'd still carry on. I yeah, still got sure. my car. All right. Yeah, good, Malcolm. Right. We'll get you somewhere. There's a few around. There's one in Newquay, I think, still, well, and Scotland. You were saying. Well, I was going to ask Malcolm, have you ever travelled north of the border, and have you had the pleasure of driving at Central Park in Cowdenbeath? Oh, yeah. No, no, I've never gone that far. No, that's okay. a long way, isn't it? In the now, old days, didn't have the money, of course. Yeah, uh, of course, yeah. You've got a lot of travel, isn't it? You've got to get up and back. And, and now, you got your first car, stock car after marrying... Did you used to do stock cars? Have you always done bangers? He says here you got, your, got your first stock car after marrying June in 1957. That's it. We got married and uh, my son was born in... Nine, in we got married in... Uh, uh, September the 21st, 1957. And my, son was, my son was born October the 24th, 
What a lovely sitcom that is. What a disaster for our marriages that would be, <laughs> wouldn't it? Imagine, I'm just uh, phoning, phoning my wife at eight o'clock. I'm just going for one. Just going yeah. for one drink with Ali. I'll um, check in before bed. Have you ever read the the uh, chapter when it's Gaza and Paul Merson moving together in Middlesbrough, isn't yeah. it? And it just sounds... An, uh, didn't they have uh, competitions of who could not fall asleep first? first yeah, with five bellies and Merson's uh, brother. Yeah. yeah. There'd be a lot of that kind be along of stuff the, going that's, on. Yeah. Sounds like it'd be along those lines, I, don't, yeah. I think we'd go to the gym. I yes. think we might... An early night, a couple yeah. of salads. Exactly, do some... Visit a few museums, that exactly. kind of thing. That not kind filmed. of stuff. Right, Charlie, we've got an interview to conduct. Oh, OK. A huge personality from Netflix. Oh, right? yeah, and I don't know if you've been following it, right, but it's, it's a fantastic series on Netflix. Um, uh, it's called Drive to Drive Survive. To survive. Yeah. Uh, it's a huge hit now. I think it's in its third series now, maybe second series. It's, it's brilliant. done everything that Netflix and F1 wanted it to do, which is break into young people's lives and yes. break it into America. So a, a lot more people are interested in, in F1 because of Drive to Survive. It's done its job. And it's creating some real celebrities. Unlikely yeah. celebrities, perhaps. But we're whether, gonna, whether they like it or not. And we're about to find out what that is like to be thrust into a very different spotlight because he's a very talented mechanic. He's a great team leader. Got a huge history and pedigree in motor racing in America and over here. I think he's got an Italian and an American passport. Okay. His name is Gunter Steiner and he is a huge star of Netflix's Drive to Survive. Welcome to the show, Gunter. How hey, are Gunter. you? Hi to everybody. I'm good. Thanks for asking. How, how are you doing, guys? Yeah, very well, thank you, Gunter. You're also team principal of Haas F1, who uh, who weren't doing great at the start of Drive to Survive, but are having so far a very good season. Yeah, we're having a better season than last year, which which actually it isn't uh, very difficult because we were last, so uh, <laughs> it's going the right direction. Uh, but uh, you said you are also the team principal. No, I'm the team principal and nothing else, you know? <laughs> yeah, sure. Gunter, what's this like becoming uh, sort of, uh, being under a different spotlight? You're now kind of thrust into mainstream entertainment. Would you rather people just focused on your, your mechanical abilities and your, your work as a team principal? Or are you quite secretly enjoying the fact that you're an Instagram hit as well? Oh, it's a difficult uh, uh, answer, this one. No, I, I think what I enjoy is my job, that's what I do, and the, and the rest, you know, this, what you call celebrity, I don't know if I'm a celebrity or not, uh, but uh, uh, that just came along, you know, I never I, I never tried to do that one. That was never my aim to be what came out of it, you know, that came just out because I did my job and somebody filmed it and people like it, you know, so... I think it comes with the job. I would, I would say so. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, for me. It's, it's. I think in, in general, it's good for the team because uh, we get exposure. It's good for F1 because people like to watch it. So they, they are now going to watch F1 races, which is good for everybody, not only for us, F1, uh, our team, um, uh, the team I manage. So uh, in the end, there is no clear answer to that one if I like it or not. I mean, I don't mind it, but it's not like something. I work for it. I work. Sure. I, I normally work on a daily basis to run an F1 team. Yeah, you've not just fallen into being a team principal. I'm just looking at your CV, and you started off in in, in rallying in 1986 to 2001. You were you were working for the Mazda Rally team um, in 1986 to 88. What what car did Mazda rally? I can't think at all. A three two three. The three two three four wheel okay. drive. That, you know, maybe you are too young for that one. You know, you don't remember. That is a long time ago, if you think 86, you know. <laughs> yeah, and then you went to Jaguar for head one for under Nicky Lauder, obviously a legend in the in the sport, and then to, to Red Bull under Christian Horner, and then, um, and then some NASCAR, and then now you've been with the Haas team since 2014. You must love motor racing. Obviously, or, or, or let's say, uh, I, I think I, I'm not good enough to do a normal job, so I have to do motor racing because now <laughs> I'm too old to learn something different. So, no, I, I always like motor racing and that for uh, that, that is what I did uh, uh, most of my life. You know, it's uh, uh, over 30 years now, so it's quite a long time and now it's too late to change job, uh, I guess. Yeah. Gunther, a lot of our listeners will be up to their elbows in oil this afternoon in garages oh, around yeah, Great Britain, yeah, right? Yeah grafting away in the tools but the life you lead now is all about beautiful catering yachts supermodels <laughs> you are filthy rich Gunter Steiner but I'd like to focus on something that might offer some encouragement to the lads and ladies working in garages today because I noticed on your CV in 1986 you said that you studied engineering but you didn't complete your degree what happened there? I just I just got the job in motorsport and I, I thought that is what I'm going to do you know and then I never went back uh, uh, 
to school and just kept on going with my career in working in motorsports because I liked it so much. That is the, that's as simple as this. And what did your parents say at that point? Did they not say, hold on a second, Gunther, you're, you're in higher education here. Don't jack that in for the, the glamour of this motor racing game. I was already out of the age that I listened to my parents, you know how that goes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, just no, thinking about last year and, and with with the Haas team, that the car last year wasn't quite up to scratch, but that was almost not on purpose, but you were so focusing on on this year's car with the Ferrari engine that last year's, uh, last year's car became a bit of an afterthought, didn't it? So the development wasn't quite happening. Do you feel like that's where some of the cars are? I'm, I'm thinking McLaren <laughs> should have perhaps concentrated on this year's development as much as they, as they did, as you did for this year. I think McLaren in the end, I think the first race, they didn't do good, but they finished on the podium on the last race. So they are still doing good, but that's what it is. A lot of people uh, last year, obviously we were in a position where it was pointless to develop the car, for, car from last year. So we took the conscious decision actually already in 2020 that we will focus on 2022 because there are new regulations this year. And uh, uh, that's what we did. And we, we just tried to catch up again. And that seemed to be have happened. We catched up now. Now the next step is how can we get ahead of it, of the other ones? You know, we have still a lot of work to do, but uh, uh, everybody in F1 takes his decision uh, how to how to go forward, you know, and, and we took that decision because uh, when the pandemic started, we just froze everything. We didn't do any development anymore. And then when we got going again, it was too late for 21. So the only thing to do is to stay in the game is, hey, uh, 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 take it as a transitional year, 2021, and focus on 22. And it seemed to have worked out. We made progress. We are going forward again. And now we just need to keep on going in a normal cycle like, uh, like all the other teams do, that you always keep on developing and never stand still. Gunther, in our industry, I think the closest we come to death is choking on cocktail sausages, right? We're very privileged <laughs> to have a very safe and luxurious lifestyle. But the, the, the industry you're in is incredibly dangerous. And I think in the first series, Dry to Survive showed that terrifying, that terrible moment yeah. where Roman Grosjean was caught in that fire. Can you just articulate what it was like for you being responsible for a driver and, and being involved in an incident like that where you've got somebody in your care, but also this this connection to racing where you feel like you've got to look after somebody, keep them safe? Yeah, it's uh, when, I, when I think back uh, uh, about now, it's, it's they are the longest and the shortest 30 seconds of my life, uh, you, you know, somehow, because yeah. you, you you go through everything, what is happening, and then the 30 seconds go by, and you see him coming out of the car, and then every bad thought you had before, what could have happened, is gone. You know he's okay, he's out of the fire, because obviously uh, everybody knows, and you don't need to work like me 30 years in motorsport, that somebody sitting in a burning car, you're not sitting long there before, yeah. you're not existing anymore. So for me, it was like, wow, is he coming out or not? And then you see him coming out, and then it's like, wow, it's all good. Whatever happened now, if he has got some minor burns or some minor injuries, that can be dealt with these days, you know. Yeah. The, the most important thing was he was coming out in, uh, uh, himself and he was uh, he was okay, I say it, you know. He he was there, he was conscious, he could walk. So uh, I, I think it's one of these things. And then you, you just focus on saying, hey, we got away with it, you know. Uh, was it luck? Uh, for sure it was luck, but also it shows how, how safe these cars are these days and they are even got safer after that accident or we had to make sure that we made them safer. So it's just one of those things here. Yeah, just thankful that it ended like it ended, you know, yeah. once he got out. I've got an idea for you, uh, Gunter, and for the whole of F1. I know it's massively popular all around the world, but, you know, in the Masters, before they start the Masters, they have the Par 3 tournament and, you know, they get their friends and family involved as well. I think that would be good if the night before the uh, the, the uh, actual race or after the actual race, maybe the Sunday evening, all the team principals have a race as well in, in a car of their choice. Do you think, would you, who, would you be the fastest one, Gunter? Or who do you think would be fast behind the wheel? We could do a race to the airport after the race because that would be a fast race. That, that's where we are racing always on Sunday night, you know. So yeah. all of us, we could do that race. I, I don't know if I would be the fastest. I would push a few off. I, oh, I can uh, tell you that much, you know, yeah. Maybe, race, I'm not, yeah. I, I, maybe I'm not the most talented driver, but uh, I could make it difficult for the other ones. Yeah. Gunther, uh, the next Grand Prix is Miami, uh, which is, is that going to be a home Grand Prix for Haas? Absolutely. It's the closest one to uh, to our uh, place here, uh, the headquarters, which are in in, uh, in Charlotte, Canapolis, actually. So, uh, yeah, it is our home Grand Prix, even if you've got uh, 
people working out of Italy and of England, but the license is, is held here. So, yeah, it, it's good. I mean, uh, for me, the good thing is I'm the, uh, one of the few which which are not jet lagged this time. <laughs> quite right, quite right. And what are you hoping for, Gunther, as well? You, you've been in amongst the points, haven't you, this season? Yeah, I'm hoping for points again. Uh, and hopefully, at some stage, uh, we have two cars in the points. That is what now... Uh, everybody's working for the whole team because we want to have two cars in the points. Uh, so in the manufacturer championship, we move a few positions up. We started good and moved a little bit uh, backwards in the last two races, but uh, for sure we can catch up again. Excellent stuff, Gunter. I should also just point out at this point that on, my role here at TalkSport is kind of a regular stand-in kind of guy, like a okay. stand-in driver, right? Yeah. So I'm quite available, Gunter, right? Oh, so if you okay. need anybody with a bit of newspaper experience, media experience, <laughs> bit of radio presenting experience, they can come along and hang around in Miami and on those yachts. This, this is embarrassing, Gordon. Is it embarrassing? Embarrass Gunter, can I have a job, please? <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. Not for Miami, maybe later for some of the places you don't want to go because there are places which are not as nice anyway. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. But I can imagine that uh, uh, Miami, it's incredible. The, the, the demand for people going to Miami to the race is just like mind-blowing, you know, So, yeah. which is a good thing, you know. Yeah, it wasn't a no, that, by the way. It wasn't a no, was it? It, did, it, no. it was a no deep down. You Good. still have got a chance, basically. <laughs> you, know, you still have got a chance. You know? And that's, that's motivation. That's how we motivate the drivers. I'll send you a CV, Gunter. I'm looking forward to seeing you at Knock Hill Racing Circuit, just outside <laughs> Dunfermline very soon. Thank you very much, Gunter. Cheers, Gunter. Thank you, guys. What Thank a lovely, you. lovely fella Gunter guy, was. He? And he really is the star of the show, isn't he? Yeah, he loves Whether it. Whether he yeah, likes yeah, it or yeah, not, yeah. he's yeah. become like the Joe Exotic of motor racing, would you say, Charlie? All the guys in the box, have, they've all bought Haas T-shirts. They're all really into it. Really into it. So in many ways, quite boring about it now. Yeah, they... F1 bores through the glass, are they? Is that what you're saying, Charlie? <laughs> they're going to kick you on the five-side pitch well, tonight, okay. even if they're on the same if team. If they as can you. catch me, the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Love that little bit of promo for the sports bar. It's good, isn't it? Best ever theme tune. It's good, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, Cheers theme tune. That and uh, Hill Street Blues. Hill Street Blues. Taxi. It's very good. Yeah, good one. Yeah. All good. It's quite tricky when there's two songs playing, Charlie. I know, yeah. It's just a man making a funny noise. Right. Talk Sport has launched a brand new game, Talk Sport Trivia, the new online sports quiz. Enter. Today, for your chance to win £2,500 in cash back to you, Gordon. All you need to do is answer at least three quiz questions correctly for a chance to enter into the main prize draw. Plus, if you play every day, you could win one of our daily prizes. So what are you waiting for? That's a great question, Charlie yeah. Baker. Own the game and join TalkSport Trivia today. Head to TalkSportTrivia.com. 18 plus, competition rules and terms and conditions apply. We, it was beautiful. It was almost a two-part harmony. It was lovely. We it was need, like, it was like the proclaimers. <laughs> I'm on my way oh. from Missouri. I was going to go for more of an album cut. I'm not oh, going to yeah. talk about doubts and confusion. <laughs> not at all insulting to and me. I like that. when no. I can see with my eyes shut. <laughs> I love that one. See when people just start speaking back to you in your own accent. It wasn't me. That wasn't. That was just the, how. The, how I'm it looking sounds. to be offended, Charlie. I know. You're looking desperate to be, to be offended. offended. I am offended by this. Charlie, pick a windy. You're going out. <laughs> <at it. laughs> not this high. Right. Let's have a conversation about a guest who's oh. uh, probably a big part of both of our lives. Oh yeah. Um, ah, sort of yes, subtly. Of course, yeah. You know who I'm talking Beautiful, about, Charlie. Yeah, yeah. I've you know the, who I'm talking I've lost about. the running order, but I know who it is. No, I'm just gonna, from you saying that. Yeah, that's all I need to say. Now, there's a very good reason for us having a very famous weatherman on two reasons actually one because he's a huge Burnley fan yeah massive. secondly because there's a cold front approaching there is not just because not just from the moose after you ask him about a uh, 20 year old grudge you've kept and not just because Andy Goldstein's about to come in and see me <laughs> <laughs> that cold wave coming in from drive um, but John Ketley is going to talk us through two things he's a great man John Ketley so Beautiful. let's welcome to the show Burnley fan weatherman and good lad John Ketley welcome to the show Hey, Good John. afternoon, lads. Good afternoon to both of you. John, first question I've got for you is about this weather front. Is this is there any truth in it? Do you still keep involved? Do you know if it is true that it's going to be minus four this weekend? Uh, well, it's been minus four. Minus four on several nights in the past fortnight, really. Overnight in Scotland, anyway. We've had lots of frost up there. Uh, so I think this story is a little bit exaggerated, really. I can't see anything too severe coming up in the next three or four weeks. I think we're going to see some frosts at night, certainly, and there's some more wet weather coming into the northwest on Saturday. But uh, but really, it's been so dry through April, hasn't it? All the yeah. grounds are getting very firm now. They keep, they keep watering them, yeah. uh, but they still slip over. That's the problem, don't they? But um, no, I think uh, as far as the weather's concerned, I think it's just uh, we're ending April. Uh, relatively dry, just this band of rain coming into the northwest on Saturday, then a few more showers around for next week. Temperatures will 
probably increased from where they've been recently because it's so chilly. You know, at the moment yeah. it's fairly chilly, nine or ten degrees in some central parts of the UK. I know it's got up to 14 today in London and 16 in Inverness, but uh, really that's the exception to the rule. So most places are st still pretty chilly under this cloud sheet. Uh, but things will change a little bit in the next couple of days. A bit more sunshine, a bit warmer. And then it goes colder again, as you say, but not uh, not devastatingly cold. I've seen much, much colder weather than this during the early part of May, I can tell you. John, that was an incredibly comprehensive answer. Yeah, I'm very grateful for that. So thanks it may for not be correct, though. It <laughs> may not be, yeah. Can <laughs> it all up. Now repeat any of it that he said, Gordon. <laughs> well, he mentioned it. I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that, Charlie, because he mentioned a couple of important words there. Okay. Exaggeration. Severity. So none of that's going to happen. Now let's turn our attentions mm. to Burnley because uh. there are some severe <laughs> things potentially on the horizon. Let's start off pro. with Sean Dyche. Now, yes. John, yeah. an incredibly popular man. I think the football community was united in shock when he lost his job. But Mike Jackson has slipped into Sean Dyche's Adidas Copa Mondiales <laughs> and seems to be doing the business, doesn't he? Absolutely right. And I think it was a shock when Sean Dyche was shown the door. Uh, but, uh, you know, let's face it, we, we'd had a few little rumblings in the past few months because things weren't going as they should have been. I think we've had a bit of bad luck through the season. Uh, but having said that, I don't think we're playing uh, forward enough. I think we were playing a little bit defensively, which okay. is Sean's way. Uh, that's the way we started nine, ten years ago, and uh, he's kept it going that way. But I think we needed a change. We needed to be a bit more forceful and a bit more uh, up front, really, trying to score goals rather than not concede them. And that's the way things were going. And I think that's that was worrying the board. Yeah. Uh, that we, we didn't look as if we were going to score too many goals. And if we conceded one, we weren't going to win. And we needed to win. And that's the main thing now. Mike Jackson and Ben Mee. Let's not forget that Ben Mee's involved in this very strongly. Yeah. And um, a very good defender in his own right. But I think he, he could see that we needed to go forward a bit more. John, one of my best friends in the world is from Burnley. He's actually from a place, I think it's Clayton Lee Moors, just outside Accrington. Yeah. Yeah. And my WhatsApp has never been so alive with Burnley chat, right? Because... Mm. Wayne Rooney's the one today that's been popping up. Linked, now, he's he? linked as the next manager. Now, how would you feel about Rooney being the man to, to well, take over? It doesn't feel right to me. I know I've been I've been talking to various people on my Facebook page this morning at uh, Burnley Football Club, and um, well, Claret's fans really, mm -hmm. um, rather than being involved in the club itself. So mm -hmm. uh, various people are, are quite keen on the idea of Rooney coming. Other people say, uh, well, it hasn't done that much really in his managerial career so far. He's managing to take Derby down. But of course, we understand why there was a big mm -hmm. problem at Derby. And uh, that's all uh, written down and has been for months. So we know there are problems at Derby. I'm not sure he's got the experience at managerial level to come and take over Burnley. It's, a, it's a very much a family club, you see, is Burnley. And I think it needs somebody who's a little bit more got Burnley in its DNA, if we want to call it that. Yeah. Um, alternatively, if you want to look elsewhere, well, you don't want to go back to uh, some of the uh, the old timers, you know. <laughs> I, I don't, you know, I, I know Sam, dear old Sammy's been mentioned, but that's not right. That's not the way to go forward. The one I would like, if we are if we are going to change manager, and I'm quite happy the way things are going at the moment because I think we are being a little bit more proactive. Uh, but I would think Chris Wilder at, um, at Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough at the moment, isn't it? Mm. He, he he could be the one. I know he is favourite, but. Um, he did a very good job, didn't he, for many years at Sheffield United. I know he, he brought them up and he took them down, but that's football. Yeah. Um, Sean Dyche did that twice. So um, uh, Chris Wilder would be my favourite if we have to move on, but I'm very happy the way they're playing at the moment. I know well, it's just a few games and they've got to be proactive and they've got to get the points. And if it's if you're starting off from no points at the beginning of a season, maybe they wouldn't be quite so proactive, yeah. I don't know. But John, if Mike Jackson kept Burnley up, right? Yeah. Is there an argument that he could chuck his hat in the ring? Because he, he does have a great pedigree. You know, I think he came through under the tutelage of David Moyes, didn't he? So he yes, could be he a guy that, and you're talking about a family club, bring your own guy, bring him through. Wouldn't there be an argument for him? That's what I like. Yeah, that, that is what I do like. Um, he's got to keep us up first, of course. Yeah. Uh, but he'll have his own team with him, and that team seems to have gelled very well in the past fortnight. So, well, uh, you know, I'm not one for throwing things around. I, I like consistency. I like people to... Uh, where the heart on the sleeve, and that is Burnley Football Club, and we've seen it over decades while I've been supporting Burnley Football Club. It really has been the success of people who are local to the area, people who even played for them. I know Mike Jackson never played there, but um, you know he does seem to be very keen on uh, on trying to support Burnley. And I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the season, and we are still up. Uh, that he wouldn't throw his hat in the ring. I think he'd be a very good candidate myself. Uh, how do they stay up? I mean, he'd probably need nine points, I would have thought, from the final few games. Watford yeah. Saturday, sort of a six-pointer, six isn't it? It's not really, because Watford are down, more or less, aren't they? So, yes. you know, they've got to try and... Then Villa at home. 
And away. Uh, and, away. And, and away, of course, yeah. Villa at home and away, that's going to be key, isn't it? Spurs away and Newcastle at home. And Newcastle is safe, you know, but I suppose they'll be wanting to kick on to next season and keep mm. that a bit of momentum going. So where do you see the nine coming from, John? Well, I don't know whether we need as many as nine, frankly. Uh, I mean, that would give us 40 points, wouldn't it? Which exactly. is more than more than enough, usually. I was looking for 38 this season. And uh, maybe 38 would still be enough. I know it's it's Everton who are in the ring there, but you've still got to look at Leeds United. They're not exactly flying at the moment. Uh, so um, I, I'd be looking at, uh, well, you'd have to get three points at Watford, wouldn't you, really? But, the, you know, these are wounded animals, aren't they? They're already going down virtually. Yeah. And they are wounded animals, and they can be dangerous. And we know they can score goals. We know that. Uh, but um, Aston Villa may have nothing to uh, to play for. Maybe there are four points there. Uh, Tottenham, no chance. You know, we we, we never play very well at, uh, <laughs> at Tottenham, as I know from personal experience, having been there two years ago when we lost 5 nil, oh, It could dear. have been 7-1. Uh, but, um, no, I, I think that's a tough game at Tottenham. But, uh, yeah, I think I'd be looking at points against Villa. Newcastle, that would be a funny one because Eddie Howe was at Burnley for a year or so. Of course. And... Um, Will he have anything to fight for against Burnley? He may just be, um, you know, take his foot off the pedal. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. John Kelly, I was going to ask you, have you ever played in a celebrity football match? Uh, well, certainly not. Uh, uh, celebrity cricket matches on many, many occasions, Lovely. yes. But uh, I, I'm afraid I can't name drop when it comes to football. All oh, right. Well, and Ben Stokes, are you happy about him as new captain today? Yes, I think so, so long as he keeps fit. This is the problem with Ben Stokes, isn't it? He uh, he seems to be very injury prone these days. I mean, he's a big lad and he's got a lot of weight. To, well, not not weight. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's got a muscle. big frame, a big yeah. lot of muscle and frame. Um, so he's got to keep fit, hasn't he? But I think Joe Root was uh, something that was going to happen eventually. Uh, great cricketer, great batsman, but um, it just wasn't happening, was it, over the last twelve months? So Ben Stokes, yeah, I think that's a good move. I imagine you're very popular, John, when it's a celebrity cricket match and it gets rained off. I can imagine. <laughs> What, more drinks in the bar? You uh, know, exactly, all that of course, of yeah. Well, look, I mean, I'm going back a few years. I finished playing cricket uh, for Lord's Taverners in 2005. I came out with the uh, the champagne moment. I got the bottle of champagne because I took a catch at deep mid-on. I uh, hadn't a clue how I caught it, but it was off... Um, it was off... Uh, oh, gee, I can't remember his name. Now, he played for England and Glamorgan and Middlesex, but... Um, yeah, it's yesterday. Uh, it was Ooh, a very good... It was a, it was a brilliant catch, clearly, but I couldn't see it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I got the I got the magic moment. I got the champagne bottle and uh, retired at that point. But, uh, yes, uh, we had long uh, sessions in the bar, I must admit, <laughs> at some of these charity cricket matches, but it was great fun, and it was, it was wonderful playing with some of my former heroes as well. Excellent. People I'd grown up watching play cricket, and then happened to be on the same field, same side as yeah, them, yeah, and it was lovely. fantastic, yeah. Excellent, the perks of the job, eh? John Ketley, thank you Absolutely. so much for joining us and best of luck with Burnley My with the run into the end of the season. Lovely stuff from John Ketley. A little bit of cricket there as well, which is lovely to hear. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, Charlie, we're coming fast to the end of the show here, but we uh, started today talking about haircuts. We did. Has mine grown in yet? <laughs> Give it a couple of... I think it looks lovely. They've done a lovely job. You had a lovely fade. Uh, bad haircuts. We just read a couple more of these. Uh, at my school, you got slapped around the back of the head and shouted, haircut! That's Paul Plunkett. I think a lot of people did that as a young lad of 12 my busy mum told me to get my long curly hair cut at our usual salon by the very trusted Steve oh, good cool. haircut Steve I cunningly, cunningly decided to go to the gentleman's barbers by the tube station as it was £1.60 cheaper and next to the sweet shop cheaper for a reason the barber was a cross between Marty Feldman and Lurch and he absolutely butchered my barnet my mum immediately spotted the hatchet job grounded me till it improved my dad reckoned the barber used a blunt axe there we are brother. Brutal. we've all had them Charlie it's a perfect segue because one of the finest haircuts in radio is about to enter the studio at four o'clock Mr Andy Darren Bent you've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on TalkSport even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 